So thanks, worship team, for that incredible worship. And we're going to get into the Word this morning. And what we're going to do this morning, we're going to have a bit of a discussion around the whole uh, idea and thought of answered prayer and answered prayer and just just really dig into it a bit with a few guests that are going to come and join us on the couch this morning. And our first guest is no stranger to this place, is Pastor Gideon. He's in the house. And uh, welcome, Pastor Gideon. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. And um, just quickly, for those um, that might not know you, can you just tell um, everyone watching this morning your role in the church? And yeah, just tell us about that. Uh, yes, I'm Gideon Nyangela. I'm a member of Life Church, and uh, I'm in charge of the 3 p.m. Sunday 3 p.m. service. That's what uh, I do. I preach the word of God, and I lead all those people attending the 3 p.m. service every Sunday. Yeah, and at this time, I'm conducting the online services with uh, uh, those member attending 3 p.m. service. Thank you. Fantastic. And you do an amazing job, Pastor Gideon. You really, really do. And we love we love having you part of Life Church, and I know everyone else does. So as we kick it off around the whole discussion of answered prayer, um, I just want to encourage everyone that if you didn't hear last week's sermon on prayer, and we actually had a short uh, mini sermon from Pastor Matt on prayer, and then we had our elders come up and lead us in some different prayer. If you haven't tuned into that, I encourage you to jump on the website and, and check that one out. It was a really, really great service. So as we sort of continue on the prayer theme, I guess, I'm going to kick off with a question to Pastor Gideon about a time in your life where you know that God answered your prayer. So a key time in your life where you know God answered your prayer I'd love to hear from you about that. Uh, yeah. God answers to my prayers not once. Uh, I remember when we fled from uh, our country, uh, from Congo. Uh, we fled from Congo to Tanzania. And uh, we were crossing the Tanganyika Lake, and we face a very a, a great storm, and it was very hard uh, to believe that we could survive. What I did, I prayed with my wife Sophia and with another believer in the boat, and God really answered. He answered our prayer. Yeah, we saw the hand of God, and I'm so grateful for him. Fantastic. And I guess, Pastor Gideon, what would you do to encourage someone that's, that's, that's tuning in this morning that said, I've been, I've been crying out to God for months, for years, for years, and I never see an answer to my prayer. How would you respond to that? Uh, the first thing I can do... Maybe if we can read from uh, the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter, chapter 
the Bible says, if you believe, you will get anything you ask for in prayer. Amen. If you believe, you will get anything you ask. What I can say for everyone who have been praying, maybe have spent months or years without receiving the answer, I can advise him to keep believing in God. Have faith. And God is faithful. God is our father. As our biological father provides for us, God is more than our biological father. When we ask something to him, he provides. He provides. So we have only to believe and keep praying until we receive what we are asking for. Keep on. Keep, keep on. on. And I love, I love that um, whole thought and example around Heavenly Father. Yeah. Like we both are earthly fathers. Yes. And we provide for our children. So how much more will our Heavenly Father provide for us, hey? Yeah. Our heavenly father is more than our biological father. He loves us. He cares for us. Yeah, we remember, I remember uh, the Esther when they were the, she was in captivity in Babylon. There was a plot to, 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 to kill the Israelites. But what Esther did with other people, they fasted and prayed for three days, and God answered. They were saved from that bad plot to kill them. And I remember the king, Hezekiah, he was sick. And what he did, he took time to pray. Yeah, he started the uh, reminding God what he did for him. God, remember, I did this for you. I did this for you. I did this, remember. And God really answered. He get healed and he, he get 15 years, more 15 years to live. Uh, we have a lot of examples where we can talk about how God answers our prayers. Yes. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming in, Pastor Gideon, and I'm sure everyone has really enjoyed hearing you, and we could have you speak the whole time, but we've got two other guests we're going to come on, so thanks heaps, Pastor Gideon, and we're going to get our next guest on, so thank you, really thank appreciate you very it. Much. Thanks, yeah. mate. So our next guest is going to join, and Pastor Gideon, you can take a seat in the studio. Our next guest is going to come and join us. And that is the lovely Jondre. How are you doing? Good, thank you. I think your mic Can't is on, yes? Yeah, can you hear me? Fantastic. So, really quickly, you've, um, I think you've been part of Life Church for about one year, is that right? 
Close to. Close yeah. to. So for those of you, for those that are watching and might not know you guys, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about yourselves? I'm Jandre. I'm married to Christian, who spoke a couple of weeks ago. We moved to Australia about a year ago now and started our, our life church journey, I suppose, in the house at the back of the parking lot uh, where we lived for three months last winter, coldly. Um, <laughs> I teach at Shep Christian College. I'm the English teacher over there. Um, and Christian's currently working at Life Op Shop. Fantastic. So as we, as we continue this discussion on answered prayer, like we, like we discussed with Pastor Gideon, if I was to ask you a time in your life where you really know without a shadow of a doubt that God answered your prayer, what would you, how would you respond to that? Yeah, thinking about that, I think our whole life I was raised in a Christian family and it was always, there was always stories that my parents shared about God's faithfulness and how God had provided and how we were where we were because of who God was. Um, I remember growing up hearing a story about my dad being miraculously healed when he was about two, no, two years old, younger than two. Um, and my dad constantly hammered into us as we were growing up that it was only by the grace of God that his life had been spared, that we even existed. So it's kind of from the very first, from my first memories, there's been this continuous theme of, you know, you are where you are because of Jesus and because of what God has done and because of his answered prayer. I think in our life, it's been most evident to me uh, around the time when we started thinking about coming to Australia, Reuben was a newborn. He was very new and um, we needed a passport for him. We were living in Uganda at the time. Reuben didn't have a passport. We kind of assumed it would be a pretty quick, easy process. So we took him to the High Commission. We applied for his passport and um, months went by, months and months. And um, eight months later, he was eight months old. We hadn't been able to leave the country. We had no, no idea if he was ever going to get a passport. And all of our plans, everything going into the future, our plans to come here were put completely on hold because we had no certainty. We had no, no proof that our child even existed. And um, I remember at that point spending a lot of time fasting, particularly, and praying and kind of begging with God. And just, it was such a, a silly thing where I was just like, God, it's just a passport. Surely he deserves a passport. Um, it seemed like such a silly, silly thing, but it was such a small thing that blocked so much. Um, and I remember praying and fasting and praying and fasting and just nothing was coming of it. And we were told, oh, sorry, we lost the application. So you're going to have to apply again and start from scratch. Um, and I was just so disheartened by it. And um, Christian and I both sort of dug in and prayed hard about it. And God provided miraculously for us. He um, gave Tian contact with the high commissioner in South Africa um, to, from South Africa in Uganda, who then like flagged our case and fast-tracked the application. Anyway, eight days later, we had a passport in our hands. After waiting, it was we got the passport two days before Reuben's first birthday. It was absolutely God in so many ways. And from that point onwards, um, all of our plans to come here and all of our planning around that kind of, it was just set in motion in a really big way. Yeah. Um, and it was really evident through that that God, his timing kind of just works out a lot better than what we think. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so, so cool. And, and to, to, hear, to hear some of your journey and how you've ended up in Australia and in country Victoria, you can see that God's hand was all over that, hey. And I guess if there's people tuning in this morning and like, like when we talked to Pastor Gideon uh, a few moments ago, and if there was people that are saying, I just have never seen that answer to prayer, how would you encourage them this morning? 
I think one of the key things that I learned through all of this and something that kept coming up in conversation with friends and my family um, was this sense that God cares more about my character than my comfort. He, um, he genuinely, sometimes things are challenging, but Jesus never promised that things would be easy. Um, he took us, he told us to take up our cross and follow him. And sometimes that doesn't look comfortable and it doesn't look easy. And I think we can take heart from Jesus himself who asked God to take that cup away, but prefaced it with your will be done, right? If it feels like God's not releasing, maybe his timing is better. And that's, it's just, it's so cool to be able to surrender to that and to recognize that God is in control. He's far greater than we are. He sees so much further than we can see, so much more than our immediate circumstances. In my very limited view, waiting a year for a Reuben's passport was dumb and stupid. And why on earth would God do this? Why would he punish me like this? <laughs> and um, in hindsight, my attitude was pretty terrible. And God did a lot of work in that year in me, in waking up gratitude and a recognition that his plans are greater than, his, than ours are. His, his thinking is not like ours. And um, sometimes it's, it's very, very difficult, but it's so worth it when you wait and you recognize that he's, meant, he's molding your character even in that trial and even in that difficulty. Well, time flies when you're having <laughs> a great discussion. And um, I think we could really hear more from you sometime. And I really thank you for sharing this, this morning. And yeah, it was a great insight. And really, thanks for sharing. And thank you. So we're going to get our next guest on now. It is... The great man himself, Mr. Ron Melvin. Come and join us on the couch, mate. How are you, Andy? How you doing? Oh, really good. Good to see you. Really good. Good to be back in the building. Great to be back in the building. With the big crowd here this morning. With the big crowd here this morning. Big crowd watching online. Lovely to see you all, <laughs> church. Absolutely. It's a great morning in church, isn't it, Ron? So, I guess, as we've, as we've heard from Pastor Gideon, we've heard from John Dre, now we're going to hear from yourself for a few minutes around the whole thought of answered prayer. Um, can you take us to a, a time in your life where it really stands out that, and, and you can testify that God answered my prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Yes, I can take you to the 9th of December, 1990, at about 9am in the morning. How can I remember that? That was the morning I was preparing communion for my then current church and my wife collapsed on the floor and a couple of hours later she died. And her only concern for me was that I should take communion to the church and get it there. And when I got to the hospital, she passed away. <laughs> Takes me back a bit, doesn't it? And for a year or so, I would have to say I was pretty angry at God. How could he let this happen? A bit like we just heard a minute ago. How could we wait? What happened? How could this possibly happen to such a good Christian lady? And I struggled with that for a long time. A year or more. I was quite angry. And then one day in church, there was a lady in our church, uh, an 80-year-old, who was on her own, 
And she was one of those that couldn't get to church on her own. And we had a church bus and sometimes I used to drive the bus and she was the only one I had to pick up for the day. So I picked her up in my car and that was okay. And we went to church and uh, we got to church and I drove her home afterwards and I dropped her off. And unbeknownst to me, God spoke to her. Now, what was my prayer? My prayer was that I had two young daughters. They were quite young. I was on my own. I'd lost my wife. And I asked God, I said, how could this happen? But what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What am I going to do from here? And my prayer was, it was a cry. Where do I go from here? Well, I dropped Fern. That's her name. She's since passed away, but we, I dropped Fern off. And when I dropped her off, uh, unbeknownst to me, she told me some years later, she heard a voice. And the voice said, Rosalie will be good for Ron. Rosalie was her next-door neighbour. She didn't go to my church. She went to another church. And for the next year, I suppose, or maybe longer, a bit over a year, year and a half, I think, Fern, the dear lady, tried everything in her power to get me to meet Rosalie with not much success. I have to tell you that when you're married, happily married to a lovely Christian lady, you stay married in your mind for a long time afterwards, it, quite a long time. So in my mind, I was still married. But eventually, I realised that life had to move on. I think God opened a lot of doors for me in that couple of years. I had a lot of people that prayed for me and cared for me and nurtured me and one thing and another. And eventually Fern decided, okay, we'll have to take the mountain to Mohammed, will we? So she showed up one night with dinner for me and the children with Rosalie in tow. And I guess what I need to say is... I guess in Life Church, nobody here knows anything but Ron and Rosalie and another very godly woman. And it really was an answer to prayer that she came along. And it really was an answer of prayer that Fern introduced us. That's incredible. And thank you for being so open this morning and, and sharing, mate. Really, really, it's touching stuff and really appreciate it. And I guess if there's people watching this morning and, and say, well, I've never had my answer to prayer, how would you encourage those people with that? God can answer prayers in the most unusual ways and the most unexpected ways. And sometimes the road is short and sometimes it is long. Um, I, I think of some other times in my life... Um, I don't know if the church knows this or not, but I just had my 70th birthday. <laughs> and COVID and 70th makes you reflect. <laughs> and I guess there is no timetable to prayer. That prayer is actually, uh, if we only petition God for the things we want, then our petition isn't that valuable. But if we petition God for the things we need... It may be that a lot of other things need to happen in other parts of his kingdom before it can happen in my part. And I would relate that to Rosalie. 
Well, Rosalie had never been married before, and we were in our 40s, and she kind of had to get used to this idea. And that took some time too. So I think time is an unknown quantity. There's an old Scottish saying, when the good Lord made time, he made plenty of it. And I guess time is the one issue we need to leave in God's hands because his timetable is not ours. I think, I think after hearing from yourself, Ron, and, and John Dre and, and Pastor Gideon, I think that's something that's really come through this morning, that God's time is not our time. God has bigger plans than what we have. Um, we don't actually know prayers can get answered in different ways that we think. What's one more thing that you think we need to leave people with this morning around this whole idea of answered prayers? Really wraps it all up. Doesn't even have to be our prayer. I can think of another time when uh, I certainly had prayer answered and it was about four or five years ago in this church at a church business meeting. And the church business meeting finished early. And I have a hereditary history in my family of really bad hips. And I had a left, my left hip was so painful. And I really knew in my own mind hip operations is what I've got coming in my latter years. And Melissa was out here and she heard me say that to somebody. And Melissa said, let's pray. And we prayed then and there, just through the wall here, on the, about the middle underneath the air conditioner. We were standing there and, and you know how Melissa plays, prays, full on. And she prayed and I thought, well, that was lovely. And we went home and I didn't actually think about it again until about a week later. Now, I've got to tell you that's about four or five years ago and I have not had that hip pain return. So I think the possibilities of prayer are endless. But Gideon touched on it. Faith. You need to believe. For those that believe, the faith of a mustard seed can move this mountain. And I really think that's right. Yeah. I, think, I think in wrapping up today, yeah, we've got to believe, we've got to have faith and not give up. All right? Keep believing your prayers are going to be answered. Keep believing for the, the prayers of your family and your friends are going to be answered in time, in God's time. And, and just keep going, keep going, keep going. It might, you might be praying for 10 years, you might be praying for 50 years, you might be praying for one month. But even if that does come to pass, it doesn't mean we don't stop. Hey, prayer should be part of our life, hey? Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks, Ron. And um, what we're going to do now, we are going to hand it over to Ron for communion actually so we are going to go to that now morning church it's good to be back in the building god's house it's it's something we miss since i was last here i actually had my 70th birthday and both with coronavirus 70 and a lot of spare time to think about it cause and reflect on life Communion is the perfect time for reflection. Uh, take a moment and get your elements ready. 
uh, since you're all doing this at home, uh, if you need a moment or two, I'm filling in for you right now so you can get your elements ready. And at the end, we will partake of the bread and the wine together. Today's communion, life and death. We were all born once and we'll all die twice unless we choose otherwise. To be born twice and die once. How does this all come about? Born twice and die once. 1 Peter one twenty three. For we have all been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. We were born once in flesh. Every one of us that's here, we were born once to our mother. We can be born twice by choice, but we must choose our second birth. Revelation 1.18 Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. We will all eventually die. In the flesh. But we can also die in the spirit and be eternally separated from God. However, we have a choice in that. We have a choice whether we are born once and die twice or whether we are born twice and die once because God promises that he has conquered death. At the cross he came that we might have eternal life, be forgiven for our sins, because every one of us has sinned one way or another. We all need to accept that, to receive the eternal life that God promised us. Mark 14, 22. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat it is my broken body for your salvation. He also then took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for many. Do this in remembrance of me. If you haven't accepted Christ into your life, now is a great time to do it at communion. Join me in this simple prayer. Father God, I thank you for your son Jesus, the giving of his life on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin and all sin for all time. I accept your gift. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let us eat and drink together for the forgiveness of our sin. Thank you, Jesus. 
I now want to hand over to the worship team who are going to lead us in worship. Thank you. <laughs> 